Everyone, how's it going? Uh, welcome to Know Your Gear QA live show number 152. This is the regular scheduled Friday show. We had a bonus one on Wednesday. Uh, thank you to everyone who joined me for the bonus hangout. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Actually, it was a, a nice uh, a breakup for the week because um, I, I don't know if it's because I mostly work from home or what's been going on, but I've been working way more. <laughs> <laughs> way, way more. Uh, in fact, I, I was talking to a couple of friends of mine this week, and I know it's uh, it seems to be a lot of people seem to be broken into two categories of either working way more than they normally do or being trapped and not working at all. And um, and uh, a lot of my buddies I was talking to today are in the same boat as me. Uh, I feel like we're working. Uh, one of my uh, Ralph tell me today he feel like he's working 12 hour days. I've definitely been working 10, 11 hour days. And uh, yesterday, yesterday uh, I did. I, I looked up and it had been nine hours since I had taken a break. And I was like, what am I doing? So, uh, yeah. So uh, makes the week go by fast. But it was nice to get a. Uh, do the live show is what I want to say. If you're new to the live show and this is the first time you see one, uh, I index all the questions and things we talk about in the description down below. You can stream it or listen to it or download it as a podcast as KYG podcast on iTunes. If you'd like to do it that way. And if you're here joining me live, if you want to ask a question, you just start with a question mark first and, uh, and, uh, hopefully I can, uh, find your question and we can talk about it or, or you don't have to do a question, but if you have something you want to talk about a subject, put the question mark first, either way, that way I know it's for me. Cause a lot of you guys like to talk amongst yourselves. Uh, it's like a weekly hangout. Uh, I know a lot of you look forward to talking to each other. I enjoy reading the, uh, the, uh, when I index later, I like to watch and read the, uh, the comments. Um, so, uh, if you guys noticed this week, there was no pickup video and, uh, that was because I really didn't want to release the, uh, pickup video I did ahead of the other one. In other words, I had episode three, I couldn't do episode three this week. So I did, I had episode four ready to go. They're not numbered. So you wouldn't know anything, but I really didn't want to put out four until three. So I was able to finish up three. I sent it to the patrons. They saw it. Um, and I don't know how I'm going to release it now because Sunday's video is the Lizzie Hale guitar that's behind me. That will be Sunday. Generally, I don't like to release a video every day. I like to do it every other day as a max. So I don't plan to put out a video tomorrow. So I'm going to see how this works out. Um, but what I can tell you is that I started uploading uh, the repair videos that we've been talking about for the last few months to Patreon. As of today, I released, uh, I think, two or three of them. I can't remember how many have gone up. I'm trying not to choke them down with too many videos in one day, but I'll be releasing probably two at a time each day for the next few days. And then those will slowly uh, come out to the main channel. Um, again, trying not to overload everybody with video content. So they're all quick uh, reference videos. They're basically what you guys were talking about. I'm covering every subject that you can think of on the guitar as a, uh, as a video. Uh, so there, that's what's going on with that. What's going on with you guys? What's, what do you guys want to talk about? What do you guys have out there? Um, so, uh, let's see. Uh, let me look for some good questions. Hold on a second. Let me see what's going on. Usually I hit the first question of the day. So let's see what the first question was. I wasn't able to see it because I was actually working up until this, until I hit the live button just now. And, uh, I'll do the first one I see. As I'm scrolling through them, it might not be the first one, but it'll be the first one I see. And that's uh, uh, from Henry. Henry says, I messed up the finish on my maple fretboard around the frets by being a bit too aggressive with the file. 
Okay. So he's talking about he was probably working on the frets and he hit the finish. Okay. Is there a remedy to uh, a remedy or should I just let it be player series Stratocaster? Okay. So it's a maple fretboard. It's a player series Stratocaster. And what I don't, I'm going to assume a player series Stratocaster because I'm assuming you're mainly made Mexico player series because there is, I think, a player series Squire. I could be wrong. Um, so there's a finish on that. You can fix it. It can be fixed. The finish can be fixed. Um, it would have to be how bad it is. You know, one thing about strats that I love is uh, I used to, I love it when I, uh, some of these horrible things have to come up, but there was a time in my life. I don't know why. It, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why it was, was I like, was I like this, but there was a time in my life. I want to say, and it was probably between the age of 25 maybe 26 to about 30. So four years, four or five years of my life. I don't know what caused it, but I became extremely, extremely hyper-focused on things. Uh, what I mean by it's like, if, if, if I got a guitar with a scratch, I would sell it. I would be so uh, anal retentive about everything. Um, you know, I would just, I would fixate on things. I don't know what it was about that time. And I, and I don't know what made me relax about it. But uh, it worked out great because I was so my wife used to drive my wife crazy. She would be like, I would fixate on everything. Uh, you know, if I got a piece of clothing, if I was a, you know, a thread, I would just, you know, like, what is wrong? <laughs> I would focus on this. Um, so the reason I tell you that is because now I'm just the opposite. Now I'm like, uh, you know, if something happens to a guitar and it gets chipped, uh, it, it, I would freak out. What's funny about this is the reason I, I reason I know it was that time frame was because I have a very special instrument out of all my guitars. There's, you know, there's guitars I love, but as you guys know, I, I always mention I'm a bass player. I, I play one bass. Um, I have my Warwick custom bass that I really, really like, and I do play it because it was custom made and I, I wanted it, but I have this one Fender custom bass that I've had since 2004 and uh, maybe 2003. Anyways, I've had that now. I think it's 16, 17 years. That's all I play. Um, in fact, for many years, probably 10, that's the only bass I owned for a, a period of time. Um, and it was in perfect condition. And it has one ding on it real in the front of it where my kids dinged it uh, when it was at the, sh uh, the shop, the back of the shop one day at the store. And so my wife was like, oh my goodness, what's he going to do? And I just didn't bother me. So the reason I'm telling you that is I think one of the cool things about strats is they can be dinged. They can be beat up a little bit. That kind of gives them a vibe. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's up to you if it bugs you or not. But um, I, I don't think it's uh I don't think it's a big deal. If it's not, if it physically doesn't bother the way it looks, um, if it makes you feel any better, I chipped a guitar today. Uh, it, it, it happens. It had nothing to do with me. Just part of the working on my guitars, uh, not working on repairing guitars, but working on videos and stuff. A guitar got marked today and I'm just, it's fine. Um, so uh, if it makes you feel better, uh, I would say, don't worry about it. Uh, okay. So let's go ahead. I got some super chats too. I'm going to jump back and forth. Super chats. I got, a uh from fret level midnight fret level midnight that's a song uh you ever try the tc spectra comp bass compressor thoughts any bass compressor you like better also do you ever use bass envelope filter um the answer to the question uh no i haven't tried that bass uh, compressor i've really never tried probably maybe more than the ebs compressor by ebs i used to use that for bass and i've probably tried the mxr bass compressor once or twice because you know just kind of having it in the store at that time 
Uh, I don't use a com bass compressor. I use a regular guitar compressor for my bass. I don't use anything special. I've, I've said this before. I don't use any special bass pedals. In fact, I'm looking uh, again uh, to see if I have any, and I don't think I have a single bass only uh, uh, pedal or anything. I use guitar pedals for bass. Um, and uh, mostly it's because I, I think it's psychological because one of my favorite, uh, so to get into your envelope filter, yeah, I use an envelope filter for bass. I've tried all the crazy expensive ones. And for some reason, the DOD envelope filter is my favorite. Uh, I own two of them. Um, I'm trying to see if they're actually in this room. One's in the room. Uh, which is the DOD. It's the DOD. They don't make it anymore. I just bought another one. Um, Nathan collects them now because I think I got them hooked on those. I'm not sure. I'm looking around. Um, but that's the envelope filter I use. Flea used it in a video and I love the way it sounded. I tried it and I just for some reason, it's always been the right pedal for me. So I've never really swaying from it at all. But that's the filter uh, uh, pedal I've used. Um, if you guys are crazy enough, you'd have to try and find it. It's impossible. I'm never going to let you guys, I'll never, never give you guys the information. But I made a CD, a bass uh, instrumental CD, uh, 2000, I want to say 2002, might have been 2003, probably 2002. Um, I think I sold about 4,000 copies. <laughs> so it's out there uh, for sure. And um, uh, I used I sell them myself off my own website. It was a thing I used to do. I used to play this bass, do this instrumental thing. And um, so, anyways, uh, in that uh, in that uh, in that CD uh, in that album, I use that filter a lot. Uh, so that's the filter I like as well. Um, so that's my thoughts. Uh, I'm sure it's a great compressor, but you know, I I still use guitar compressors. It's not a not for any other reason. Um, also, the main reason, too, is, you know, another thing happened to me was I, I took lessons from a, a bass player named Ray Riendo, who lives in the valley here where I live. And he's a fantastic bass player. I mean, if you guys want to look him up, uh, Ray Riendo, I'll have to put a link because spelling his last name is really tricky. Uh, in fact, you probably wouldn't get Riendo out of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's amazing. And he used to do a lot with a wah pedal and he was using a guitar wah. And um at the time when I was taking a lesson from him, I had bought some kind of bass wall because I thought that's what I had to do. And his sounded better. So I use a regular guitar wall for my bass as well. So there you go. There's on that. Uh, next uh, is from Elvin. What are good ways to loosen the fill of a vintage style tremolo strat tremolo? My uh, CS strat is very stiff filling. It is set up, uh, it is set up stock with three springs. Um, Yes, that's a tricky thing. So obviously you can adjust that by adjusting the uh, the the two screws in the back. Now, the reason I say that, and I'm going to get a little tricky here because there is something, and I used to think I was crazy until I saw, I saw John Mayer talk about it. I'll try and find the video when I index this and put a link to the video. But John Mayer was mentioning that for some reason, no matter what he does, certain strats feel a little easier than others. And setting up so many strats over the years, what I've learned is you can make a, a strat that doesn't play right, sound uh, play better. So I'm not saying you can't do anything. You can make it better. But for some reason, some strats just feel different. Now, to, to, to really quantify that, I have two identical strats here at my home. And one I love, which is that green uh, antique olive double humbucker strat. And the main reason I love it is the way it feels. I can bend the strings. It just feels really good. Now, I have another Strat, same model, uh, different color, of course. I don't know if the <laughs> color changes that. I doubt it, right? But who knows? What did uh, Billy Corgan says? You, the 
white sounds uh, white finish sounds different than other finishes but uh uh the thing i'm going to say is is that same string same tremolo same same uh, adjustment same everything i can't get them in the fill the same way this this there's just a really great bendy looseness to the strat so some of them do that uh just to have a different vibe now this is why i say so elvin the reason i'm telling you this is you may want to make an adjustment to the springs obviously the other thing you can do is change the type of springs that are in there sometimes believe it or not not all springs are created equal uh so there are different springs will have different feels to them there there you don't look at it but the strings are different diameters and they're a different gauge of wire that's wrapped there are different springs so uh you can go out there and get some different springs and get a totally different filling stratocaster another thing is sometimes the string uh, the springs get worn out and believe it or not that changes the way they feel it, it's funny because everybody's gonna say oh it's it's tension it's the same it's not the same because it's the same tension until you start moving it. And that's when you're feeling it. So that's one thing you can do to change the way the guitar feels. But the other thing I like to say is this, you don't pick your strings, your guitar does. And so what I'm telling you is that if you normally play like tens or 11s, like I normally play tens and I've, uh, I've been a nines guy. I was a nines guy for 20 years and then I switched to tens and I normally play tens, but for some reason, you know, somebody will pick up my guitars and they'll be like nines on there. Or I'll be 11s on the guitar and they'll go, Oh, do you like nines? And I go, no, just for some reason that guitar, when I put tens, they don't feel like my other tens. And I'm not talking about scale length. I'm talking about, in fact, to prove it to you, uh, I play tens on my strats and uh, my main Les Paul right now has nines. It's just because for some reason that Les Paul with tens feels even harder to play than my strat. But my other two Les Pauls have tens and they're fine. So, so don't be afraid to adjust strings as well. Oh, of course, as always, I'm always curious to you guys' comments on this stuff uh, to see what you guys have discovered in your playing and stuff. That's what's great about this. Everybody's looking for the right answer. There's just a bunch of theories. Everybody's just got a bunch of theories about how this all works. <laughs> These are just mine. <laughs> and then hopefully they inspire you guys to talk about yours. Uh, or if you don't have one, adopt mine for a little while until you disprove it and then come up with your own thing. That's that's the whole thing, right? Uh so, uh, what else do we got? Um, Rodolfo says, Hey, Phil, what is the best humbucker to coil split? That's actually what I'm working on with the impossible series. And when I say working, I mean, right now I've been doing so much testing. I actually got a little carried away, indulged myself, you know, with doing some stuff with the, uh, Somnium guitar where, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm researching, um, but what I'm learning is that's what I want to find out. I want to find out not what brand or what model pickup coil splits, but what type of pickup coil splits the best. And uh, what I'm learning is that, believe it or not, the, the lower output pickups, you know, I was thinking, okay, lower output pickup, of course, you coil split it, you're going to be cutting the coils, at, you know, the, the output in half. And uh, it's really less than half, but, you know, we'll stick with the easy part. And uh, therefore, it won't sound as good as a higher output pickup. And... Believe it or not, it's really rare when this happens, but the theory is becoming proven. In other words, it's funny to me. It's almost like uh, it's it's a it's a it's a it's tr it's tough because uh, let's say I take the Pete Thorn Thornbucker, great pickup. 
Uh, great pickup, lower output pickup, sounds great. Coil split, it. it's a little thin. I don't really love the single coil on that. Then I take a higher output pickup, right? Let's say a um, something like a Seymour Duncan distortion or a, a super distortion by DiMaggio. And then I coil split that and it just sounds great. Uh, it's because, I think it's because, you know, you, you want those uh, higher output pickups for the uh, coil split. So if that's what you're going after, I would say after go after those so far until I give you the official video where I actually go through and we sound sample them. Because even switching pickups in the, in the guitar, I noticed that I really don't get a sense of it until the videos. And that's one thing that, that I want to talk about too. You know, a lot of people go, oh, you can't tell in the videos. You know what I'm finding with doing comparisons is the videos actually are more telling than anything else. And it's because the editing. The editing is the magic. Ha hearing it right next to each other is really how you tell. It's like your brain, when you switch, even switching in a module for just a second, that just at you know, 12 seconds of not hearing anything, when you hear it, it's like your ear, you know, it's like it it, it calmed down and it, it doesn't have the reference anymore. So um, but that's so far what's my preliminaries. Higher output pickups are good, better for coil splitting so far. But I don't think that's gonna be entirely true when I'm done. Maybe there'll be some anomalies out there. Um, fret level, Mc, uh, McKnight fret level midnight says it's McKnight fret level, mid, fret level midnight says finally get to come to a live show again. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for joining me and all of us. Uh, so you guys are talking about being at home. Yes. My kids are at home. Uh, it is, uh, it's, a cabin fever. Now here's the thing. I can give you guys some, uh, some tips and advice. I, when I, when I decided I couldn't do as many things as uh, that's what happened when I started doing YouTube, you know, as you guys know, I finally said, look, I can't do everything. I gotta, I gotta cut some projects less. I gotta cut some jobs loose. And one of them, of course, I was working my store all the time, uh, retail hours on top of everything else. And, uh, so I got to mostly work from home and it was a great work-life balance. I really enjoyed it. I would say for the first three months, that's why I'm like really confused with some of the people that are stuck at home right now. And they're like on, a, on Instagram losing their mind. I'm like, you know, at first it was nice. It was really nice to be at home and not have to uh, travel and do all the stuff, you know, go, go to work. But I can tell you that it, it gets really mundane, really fast. And here's the thing I can tell you if it helps. I learned, uh, from from believe it or not a friend of mine who's retired who gave me some good advice and he said make sure you get out of the house once a day uh and i understand you can't go places but you can go for a walk you know go for a walk you can you know you can isolate yourself from other people and still get out of the house but you need to physically get out of the house and the reason is is because the first time it hits you because it hit me once that you hadn't been out of your house in like three four days you realize that really mentally does something to you so get out go sit in the backyard do something get out of the physical house Stop watching this live show and go do something as the numbers drop to the left. Uh, but just letting you know, that's that's my advice. Get out of the house every day for at least 30, 40 minutes. Get out minimum. It doesn't sound uh, that like great, such great advice, but trust me, it pays dividends. Um, James Shackelford. Hey, James, how's it going? Can Guitar Center survive COVID-19? You know, Guitar Center, I don't know. As far as I know where I live, there's five Guitar Centers. And I think, which I'm just guessing because I'm going off what a friend of mine just told me, one of them, the Tempe one's closed. And that's only because they're not showing on the websites used category. I don't know if that's true. Um, the other ones, as far as I know, are open. Again, I haven't been to them. So I've been self-isolating myself like everybody else. And I've been only going to the necessity places. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, but um, can they survive this? You know, here's the reality. This has nothing to do. Here, here's, here's the easy part, I could say. 
if if you're an already if they were already struggling as a business, like we already know, right? You get that list every year of businesses that might go out of business, and Guitar Center is always on that business that, that list. But Guitar Center has something that a lot of retail stores don't have, and uh, here's my why I'll explain it this way: When Toys R Us closed, one of the things that they didn't have was a reason to exist. And I know that sounds harsh, but let me give it to you. And just it's, it's just again, this is just my opinion, but. Uh, Target or not Target, sorry, Toys R Us, Toys R Us. What happened was, you know, when they were in uh, financial distress and they decided to close that file bankruptcy, the bankruptcy was closed. And the main reason think about this is if you were going to get toys for your kids, the majority of us were already buying toys at Walmart, Target, uh, um, uh, Walmart, Target, you know, grocery stores too, but also uh, the uh, uh, Amazon online, right? So you have all these sources to get a product. Toys R Us was a specialty store for toys. And to be honest with you, you know, like uh, my kids are into board games and we would get all of them at Target. I don't even remember going to Toys R Us. In fact, when I heard the announcement Toys R Us was closing, it's kind of that moment we have in your life. You're like, it's been three years since I've been in a Toys R Us. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh my goodness. I no wonder they're closing. I, I have kids and I, you know, right. You know, I'm never, I haven't been there in years. So, uh, so the reason I say this guitar center is slightly different is, there was places for the market to go. In other words, people don't, the kids don't not play with toys anymore. Toys R Us isn't gone because kids don't play with toys anymore. Uh, you can say, yeah, iPhones, you know, they go to iPhones, they go to iPads. There's, that's truth and that's sure, for sure. But the truth is video games are still a big category. Toy board games are still a big category. You know, kids are still buying toys. So our parents are buying toys for kids, however you want to look at it. Anyways, kids are still playing with toys. The, the delivery system changed. And here's why I like this uh, analogy. Blockbuster video closed. Blockbuster video is a perfect analogy for why a business sustain and not sustain. Blockbuster video closes, but people still can still watch movies epically. Still watch movies, probably more so than we ever did before. Um, but we're streaming them. So movies didn't change. The way people wanted movies didn't change. In other words, they still want movies. The delivery system changed. No one wants to physically get in a car, drive, and go rent the movie and bring it back. And and of course, before you guys have any kind of old moments where you're reminiscing about how great it was to be a blockbuster video, I always like to remind everybody the reality of blockbuster video was you went there and you stood by the check-in box waiting for hopefully to somebody return. Turner and Hooch or something so that you would have something to watch because everything that was worth a crap was checked out. That's what it sucked about Blockbuster Video. <laughs> so uh, so anyways, my point is, is that Blockbuster goes away because of the delivery system. No one wants it anymore. So the Toys R Us goes out of business because of the delivery system. No one wants to go to a special toy store when they can go and pick it up, whether at Walmart, Target, or get it on Amazon. Guitar Center is a little different situation. Here's why. Because if Guitar Center was to close, there's still a consumer that wants guitar product, right? They're they're out there. They're buying it. And uh, before anybody gets any, any craziness and starts typing anything that they don't are not educated on. Let me explain something to you. Guitar Center still sells product and makes money. They just have insane amounts of debt and they can't make enough money to pay the debt and the debt is crippling. That is very apparent with Guitar Center. It's been apparent for many years. But if you look at Guitar Center sales, they are still winning when it comes to the walking in the door and buying guitars. They are the still the preferred choice to for the consumer to purchase guitars. The proof is in the pudding anywhere you go. A guitar center, no matter how good or bad it's doing, is doing way better than the independent walk-in stores that are trying, that are against it. So the reason I say that is that it'll be interesting because no guitar center, even if COVID is this uh, thing that's final coffin in and they file bankruptcy, the question will be, will they close 
or will they shed off the debt? My guess has been, it's just a guess, is that they will just shed the debt off and that they will consolidate stores, they will close certain stores, they will uh, focus certain stores, but they will stick around because once you shed off the debt in a bankruptcy, they have a viable business model, which is people still walk into stores and get strings and they get uh, you know other things and there's lesson programs and that's the reality of that and that's what I think is going to happen. So does COVID co uh, help that? Or does it cause any damage to them? Uh, it, it could be an accelerant to an already pro problem that we already know exists. That's just a guess. That's my guess. I'm curious, always curious to see, you know, if they were to go out of business and close. I can tell you this, though, based on what I see, it, it won't be pretty if they close. Because what I remind everybody about Guitar Center is not that they carry a lot of inventory. They carry a lot of specific inventory. Walk into a guitar center is any guitar center. You can walk into 10 guitar centers. How about that? Walk into 10 different guitar centers and you will start noticing, if you picture in your head them closing and going out of business, now picture the brands that are hurt by that store. It's not going to be every brand because think of all the brands that aren't in there. Think of the brand, you know what I mean? There's a lot of brands that are just not in their stores. So so it will definitely hurt the, the a lot of brands. That's my theory on that. So, all right. <laughs> There's a tangent for you. Okay, what else do we got to talk about? Um, Grumpy Mike says, Blockbuster was a victim of technology. I absolutely agree. Of course, we know that. that there's a lot of victims of technology. Um, absolutely. Think of this. Uh, new, uh, uh, guitar magazines are a victim of technology. So, uh, somebody asked me, somebody asked me about guitar magazines. They said, will they last? And I said, and this is my theory on guitar magazines. Uh, not that that, you know, you guys asked, but it ties into what we're talking about. Uh, my theory on guitar magazines, magazines in general, right? So any magazine, um, it, but since we're in the guitar realm, we're going to talk about guitar magazines. My theory about guitar magazines and magazines in general is they started dying the day that like print, all print started dying the day TV was invented not the internet. So when people talk about the internet hurting magazines, I'm like, yeah, here's what happened. Once TV was invented, I pr think print took a little hit, <laughs> right? People started watching TV instead of reading stuff. Then really what the internet has brought is portable TV, portable entertainment, because you can take it on your phones and you can take it on tablets and take it on little laptops and stuff. So portable uh, entertainment is what kills print because again, you don't need print if you can bring your phone on the plane or wherever you're going on your road trip. So uh, the, the reason I say that is all print, I don't want to say it was die, but kind of like it's just going to continue to shrink because as, as that platform grows, which has been growing for a long time before a lot of us were even born, uh, it's just going to get worse. So same thing. So back to the technology thing. That's what technology is going to do. Technology is uh, going to keep winning uh, for the most part. That's my theory. Yeah, and Wish A says, but you can also read print on a tablet and phone. Exactly. That's the whole point. It's a it's again, it goes back to the blockbuster video thing. It's not that people don't want to read articles. It's not that people don't want to read. It's that they have it's just that the delivery system has changed. It's more efficient on a tablet, it's more efficient on your phone. Um, you know what I mean? It's 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 just it's again, it's practical, it's easy. So, and again, I think there's always gonna be a reason for print, but Again, I think that I think that demand just keeps diminishing each day that we go on until the power goes out <laughs> or something like that. Um, D Mitchell says, I used to have 10 magazine subscriptions at a time. Great gifts back in the day. Oh, man. You know what? I used to look forward that's to, to guitar magazines every month. Like that was 
that was a big thing for me for a long time. And when I say that, I don't mean like back in my day in the 50s. I'm talking about uh, freaking 1999, <laughs> 2000, probably 2000. No, maybe tires taping. By about 2004, 2005, I was it was tapering off. But up until then, I was still getting my, I was still looking, for, uh, looking every, every month, waiting, you know, for it, excited for my subscription to come in. So, so there you go. All right. Uh, now we got to talk about something positive. That was all in the weird. Uh, uh, Damien says, Damien says, have you seen Sweetwater is selling GNL guitars? Yeah, I did. In fact, I went on there and I started looking at them uh, to see if there was any cool ones I, I was excited about. There was a couple cool ones. There was an orange uh, uh, one that I really liked. Uh, I was looking at the weights, you know, see how heavy they are and stuff, you know, see if they were stuff. As you guys know, I'm a pretty big GNL fan. I, I like my two GNLs I have. Um, and uh, no, and that's good. And, and I think that, that's really good. I, I've noticed if you notice Sweetwater, um, now that we're on the subject of the COVID and Guitar Center, we'll talk about Sweetwater and, and how I hope the COVID thing doesn't change what seems to be happening with Sweetwater, which is Sweetwater seems to be acquiring a ton of new brands. Uh, since January, they, uh, you know, it seems like they, they recently got the Dan Electro, they got Strandberg, they got uh, the Relish Guitar. Um, <laughs> which I have a joke for that if you guys ever want to joke about the Relish Guitar video uh, that Sweetwater put out. This kind of made me chuckle. Um, but uh, anyways, the um, uh, they, they picked up obviously GNL. Uh, what else? They picked up another brand too, right? They pick, picking up a, a few brands here and there. And uh, what I thought was really cool, picking up some brands. So, you know, diversifying their portfolio of, of stuff that we may want. And, uh, I'm, and so obviously that was probably because of the boom that was happening in the guitar market. And now it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, COVID-19, if that changes a little bit of how uh, how fast or how many brands they are acquiring. So I would imagine Sweetwater being a billion dollar entity that uh, they're going to probably go forward with whatever decision they made earlier this year for a while. So I don't think we'll see any changes soon, but it'll be interesting to see if, if we see a change to what they're carrying. Um, so uh, so yeah, that was good. But yeah, I saw the GNL thing. So if you guys are curious about that, I was curious, uh, too, uh, cause that will be huge. I really think Sweetwater, uh, you know, everybody talks about their, their 55 point inspections and all that stuff. I, I literally, I only bought guitars from Sweetwater in the past cause they would tell me the weights. Sadly enough, uh, I would, I, I could tell you in the last, you know, five months, I could probably say, yeah, probably about five. So a guitar a month, there's probably about five guitars I would have purchased if the retailers would have answered the emails about how heavy the guitar is. I find that's a big issue for me. I'll, I'll see a guitar I want and I'll say, oh, that's a really cool guitar. And I'll send the email. I go, hey, can you give me the, the you know, tell me how heavy this guitar is. And uh, it's uh, funny to me how many retailers um, post. Uh, well, according to their website, 8.9 pounds or 10.6 pounds, whatever the shipping weight is. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to know what that guitar's weight is. That'll let me know. You know what I mean? I already know how the guitar feels. I'm trying to guesstimate, you know, how this is going to feel if I buy it. So it's something Sweetwater did and they did, they did it fast. And for some reason, other retailers don't really pick up on that's what, that's what Sweetwater really nailed it with. Um, to me, that's how they got me as a customer at first was weighing the guitars. 
Yeah, Brian says, uh, Brian Stewart says, I love that uh, Sweetwater shows the weights. I, I again, I, I think it's like, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's SOP, man. It's standard operating procedure now. I think all online businesses should be weighing the guitars. It's, it's just one more way to bring us into how the guitar is going to probably feel. I know a lot of you guys don't care about how much a uh, guitar weighs. I, I don't think it's a, that big of a deal, but it's nice to know. It gives you an idea. You know what I mean? It might be too light, too heavy. Just give you, I give you, give you, give you. It's another way you can kind of sense how the guitar might feel when you buy it. So, um, what else do we got? Hold on. I know you guys did some super chats. Let me hop back over and not neglect you guys while I'm doing this other thing. Uh, we have uh, Shawnee is a Cubs fan. Hey, Shawnee, how's it going? It says, Hi, Phil Gibson SG or Chapman Ghost Fret as a third guitar alongside my Gibson Les Paul or Flying V for hard rock and metal. Um, you know, I would pick the Gibson SG. I can only tell you what I would, you know, do for me. Obviously, I had the Chapman Ghost Fret, um, and uh, it was all right. You know, I did the video, <laughs> you know, I said what I said. It, it had a couple things I didn't like about it. I did a sharpen my axe with it. And then a, uh, a, a viewer bought the guitar. They have it now. Um, and uh, yeah, but I would pick the SG over the Chapman guitar, not because of, and I know what you guys are saying. I'm just defending my answer because I know some of you are going to be like, oh, because the resale value or whatever's going on with Chapman half the time. But the real reason is, is just because I like the Gibson SG more than I've, I like most of the Chapmans I picked up. So uh, there you go. There's like a couple of Chapman's. There's this one I did on China Guitar Skeptics uh, ch channel. He had us pick like five guitars we like at Tolman. It was a great video. And we ran around and picked one. I picked the Chapman that they have a Tele style. Send me how a Tele Chapman with P90s in it. And I really, really like that guitar. Um, I was able to pick one up briefly at a guitar center when I was at a clinic. And uh, I really liked it. And uh, so that's a Chapman I liked personally. And I like the Rebeer model too. The Rebeer model was really nice. But that being said, those two still didn't like them as much as a Gibson SG. So that's what I would pick. Gibson SG. Evan Nickerson says, hold on a second. Evan Nickerson says, Philip, I need a Floyd Rose and a Strat. I decided against retrofitting my current MIM, uh, uh, Luthier's advice. I would give you the same advice as well. But I can't buy the one I want because Fender won't ship it across the border. Hey, guess what? You can buy the guitar you want from Warmoth. Don't forget that, man. Warmoth makes as good as a body and neck as Fender does any day of the week. No exceptions. The the Fender is about resale value. And once you tell me you're willing to route around a big chunk of your Fender Mexican Strat body, you're not worried about the resale value. So go ahead, do yourself a favor, go online. Go look at Warmoth bodies, find uh, a body and uh, get one, get one routed, uh, any color you want, get a custom. Your, your uh, Mexican uh, strat neck will pop right on there. No problem. Uh, your, all your components will pop over right over. No problem. You, so it will be standard fit and it will be in a great finish. I highly, highly recommend that. That's what you do. And uh, you'll be set. So that's what I would try. Now you could probably find other market uh, products out there on the market too as well. But I, I can only tell you what I've experienced and I stand behind uh, that. Uh, if you get that, I would be shocked if you told me you didn't have a great experience uh, with that. Oh, the Warmoth guys make great stuff. So you can do it. And it's as good as a Fender body any day of the week. Probably better. <laughs> probably. I don't know. But 
There you go. And then you can put it all back to, to, to if you keep the original made Mexico body, you can put it all back the way you want when you're done. Or in this case, if it was me, I would then sell off the made Mexico body on eBay or reverb or something. And then that would help you recoup the cost of the body. And if you pay attention to Warmoth, you can find deals on the body too. If you don't really care about the colors and stuff. So they have a little, they have a little in stock shop. And a lot of those, you can pick the bridge you want routered and just have it dropped in ready Floyd Rose. So, um, if you have a Floyd Rose, you can send them the studs and they'll install them for you too. So, you know, that's a feature that Warmoth does. I don't know if you guys know that or not. If you have a bridge and you know what it is, you send them the, the uh, studs or for the bridge, they'll install them for you when they ship the guitar out, the body out. So there you go. Uh, and uh, trust me, the shipping on that and to do that is far cheaper than having to pay somebody to install it if you don't know how to do it. ER Webster says, I think the coil split on the Duncan Solars is amazing in particular the neck have you had the same experience i really like the duncan solar pickups uh and that would follow suit with my logic that they're hello higher output pickups a little bit of punch to them and so coil split i'm, I'm noticing every time you have a punchier higher output pickup uh the split sounds really good so i've noticed that as well the pickups as you know i haven't swapped the pickups in my solar i was hoping that as i go through all these pickups you know i might find one that i might like more than the solar but so far not 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 yet uh, Alex says, uh, thank you, sir, for your work playing a Yamaha SLG 200 after an Ibanez universe. And it's fun. Oh, wow. So that's a, that's a big change, <laughs> right? Um, the, uh, Yamaha is one of the ones I really want to get one and review it on the channel. Sorry, guys, I got to drink a little drink. I've been talking for 36 minutes straight. Okay. So, um, yeah. And, uh, uh th that's something I want to review, uh, is a Yamaha guitar, a couple of guitars. I'm working on that right now. I'm working with a retailer to see if they'll ship out some Yamaha guitars for review. Um, just straight up get to borrow them and then, you know, send them back. And, uh, I'm curious about that, but yeah, that's fun. Uh, Steven did a super chat for no reason. Thank you, Steven. Just doing the tip jar. I appreciate that. Let me go over. I got a couple of super chats. Hold on guys. Let me grab some non super chats. Uh, there's over 700 of us hanging out and, uh, let me do. Uh, okay. So irregular star says, Hey, Phil, whenever I pick up my guitar, oh man, I don't, I, okay. Here, whenever I pick up my guitar, I find the G string out of tune. It is the only string that is going out of tune. What might be causing this and how can I fix this? Um, now it's, my guess is again, I don't know what kind of guitar it is and what's going on, but, uh, it could be because the neck is moving and the movement, obviously think about this. If the neck, uh, if the neck, pitches back it'll pull the string over the nut and then it will relax and then the string won't be in the same spot um sgs are notoriously known for that for the fact that the whole body and neck almost moves you know what i mean due to either uh, temperature heat uh, cold or and or uh, humidity content changes so it's possible that's what's causing it um one thing I would definitely suggest that you do, since you know it's the G-string mostly doing that, make sure you, A, stretch out the G-string really, really well on the guitar, and B, make sure that you're using a, some kind of uh, lubricant on the nut or make sure the nut slot is cut correctly, uh, and that will help ease that problem, um, and that and that should do it. But I would say my guess would be the thing is it's not, is like I wouldn't imagine a tuning key slipping or having any issues. It's not likely. Um, so I would, and I wouldn't think it would be anything other than, like I said, the neck and body movement and then the string being stretched and then released and not put, put back in the same spot. That would be super subtle. 
so I mean, again, but it's possible. I've seen it before. Most of the SGs, believe it or not, SGs have this thing where they, you can let them sit in the guitar stand and you pick them up. And not only will the G string be out of tune, it'll be sharp because the, because the neck and body will kind of like stretch and stretch out. So, and I don't know hundred percent that's true. I, that's just the thing I've learned over the years. That's probably causing that problem. So that would be my guess with yours or something like that. Not knowing what kind of guitar it is and what's going on. Um, uh, possum man says I bought bodies and necks from GFS and they were good and cheaper. There you go. So again, I like the GFS stuff as well. So if you can find a body and neck from them, it's like I said, there's cheaper alternatives. Um, I just don't have a whole ton of exp experience with GFS, GFS parts. I've installed tons of their pickups, a lot of their other parts on guitars. Everything I've experienced with them has been pretty good in my personal experience and also the repairs I've done for customers. So I'm just going to assume that the other parts are 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 well, especially off uh, Possum Man saying, "Hey, he's had a good experience as well." So I'm sharing that, you know, sharing his experience with you as well. Um, but the Warma stuff, I personally experienced over and over again, so I know that's why it's good. But for the price difference, I would say GFS is worth a shot. But like I said, I still recommend uh, Warmoth from my personal experiences. That's all it is. It's not a price point. Trust me. I would rather. I would like to like the cheaper price point. I like stuff that's easier on your pocketbook, like the next guy. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? <laughs> Hold on a second. You guys are putting funny stuff. All right. Uh, let me refresh my screen. Hold on a second. I got a feeling this is moving differently than I think it is. Um, we have Madtown Brian says, Nat, I don't know, somebody Santana, Nata Santana asked this and I agree to cover. Oh, what is the best way to jam with friends over the web during COVID? I tried jam, uh, jam, jam chasm. I never heard of it on Mac with built in mics didn't work. I have no idea. Uh, I know that sucks, but I I've tried a couple things. Um, and I can tell you, this is the problem, like StreamYard, what I'm using now, uh, Google Hangouts, all of these. And of course, all these other stuff. The problem is, is it's so warbly and so bad. And everybody says like, oh, I've tried this program and this software or this, you know, uh, live interaction thing for band jamming. But everybody I've, I've everyone I've tried has been horrific. Um, so there's a really just a pain to doing it. So I would love anyone to put a comment now that anything that they've experienced that's really good. But the latency uh, for me has been, it's just too bad. But it's not only the latency, it's there's this warble tone. You know what I mean? And and for me, if you're jamming, especially because of something like this, because this you're trying to do for the joy of it, and it's just been, ugh. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I would love to know if anyone's having uh, any luck with anything else. Um, so let me know. I'm looking to see if anyone's coming. Uh, so Wolverine says we use zoom, uh, for guitar tricks, group lessons. Um, but we don't try to play at the same time. Okay. And somebody else is mentioning zoom too. So you could give zoom a try. So yeah, I mean, it's tough. I know it's tough guys. Uh, what else? Uh, Ross John says it's my birthday and tonight I'm buying my first five string. I have many fours. I play country, uh, uh CCM and gospel. Uh, it's between a 19 or sorry, 19, a 19, a 2018 Fender Jazz Elite five. Ah, okay. 
and a 2019 Music Man. What do you think? Uh, what about Sadowski? Well, I, I like Sadowski. Uh, Roger Sadowski is uh, obviously an amazing builder, and he makes great stuff, so there's no question there. Um, I play, it's funny, like I, I, like I said, I play a, a Fender Jazz Deluxe, uh, which is the precursor to the Elite. I don't have the five. I used to play the fives, uh, and I like them okay, but I, like I said at a live show a week or two ago that I prefer the Music Man and other brands over the Fender stuff for the five-string stuff. Um, and I think in the long term, everybody ends up sticking with the non-Fender five-strings. It's not that the Jazz Elite's not a great instrument. It's fine. It's just the problem is it's just fine. I would say pick that Music Man or even look at the Sadowski. I think if, you got, if you're in those playgrounds and you can play with those kind of dollars, uh, you won't regret spending a little bit more and getting something a little better than a, than a Fender 5. And I'm a Fender bass fan. That's pretty much what I play is Fender basses. And I still prefer anything other than Fender for 5-string for the most part. Grumpy Mike says, a little something for the quarantine fund. And why not? Thank you, Grumpy Mike. The quarantine fund. Yes, <laughs> this is a, ooh, it's different, man. I know we're all like, it's different. Uh, hey, but at least one thing, like I said, I've been working more and I'm getting some stuff done and, uh, and, uh, especially getting some of the repair videos edited, uh, done. And that's uh, the repair videos. The editing has been the toughest part, um, because of how to approach it. Um, you know, a lot of times it seems so easy to do a repair. A lot of videos I watch on, on the internet are people just doing the repair and letting you see. And I think that's very helpful. But I'm trying to do something different. And I think hopefully you guys will like what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do what I've done with the tech tip videos, which is give reference. I want, I don't so much want to entertain people like I do with my other videos and, and, and show them some stuff. I want this to literally be, uh, you type it in, you go right to it, you get your answer and you get out. That's what I'm trying to focus on. So I think I, I think I got it. I think I get the formula down. I really feel that way because I was able to pump out a bunch now that I got the vibe of the one, two, three step done kind of process. And I also chop them up. I'm actually, what's funny is I actually filmed a bunch of like 30, 40 pair videos. And now I'm able to chop them up in sections and to get right to the pieces that make sense. And then, you know, that way you don't have to watch or skim through 10 minutes of video to get to what you need. Uh, William Spruce says, on Strat pickups, pair and contrast, what's your standard uh vmods 50s text mess and noiseless uh which pickup and why um so i have a crap ton of single coil strat pickups here at the house right now you can actually see some behind me right as my thumb's pointing at a bunch uh i have uh have all kinds of single coil pickups and uh some mojo zones uh some some from Stu mac from from um, uh, Seymour Duncan, uh, some boutique ones, and the ones that I'm really digging. Hold on a second. I gotta, I'm going to call it the wrong thing again. I know it. Because I keep calling it the wrong thing, and my friend keeps mentioning that I'm saying, not that I'm saying it wrong, I'm saying the wrong thing. Okay, um, I'm going to tell you my favorite. Ah, okay. So here's why. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I say it wrong, and then you guys maybe understand. I keep calling these picked up pickups dr oz like like the stupid show on tv dr oz um they're actually called octave doctor <laughs> pickups octave doctor pickups uh they sent me a set of single coils and without a doubt i i obviously i can only say this off of verbal i can't really show you because the video is not out without a doubt they're just blowing everything i have out of the water no single coils i have at the house are as good as those they're just killing it i love them love them they, uh, like I said, he sent me a set and 
uh, I was just trying, I even tried to find, you know, like just try to swap out some different, uh, single coil sets, see what I like, but man, really digging them. So the right now, uh, octave doctor. So I'll put a link in the description. You can check them out. Very, very reasonably priced and definitely a very small, uh, shop, you know, doing this stuff. Uh, he does repair and of course he started winding pickups and, and, um, they sound great. I uh, sound great. I like Wiggins pickups too. I still like my Wiggins pickups, but, um, uh, like I said, uh, those are my favorite right now. Um, what else? How are we doing? We have, uh, I needed. Okay. BB Ninjas asked me, Phil, could you give a shout out to a fellow musician? Joss Allen had his channel hacked. I heard, uh, Joss, uh had his channel hacked a uh, new channel. And let me just real quick. I'm going to copy the new channel. So when I do the index, you guys can go to it, copy link. Uh, so I have it now and then while I'm doing this, please hold tight with me guys there. I want to screenshot it too. Um, so yeah, Josh Allen, uh, from guitar bros demos, uh, had their channel hacked. This is obviously becoming a trend. Um, and it's really tough. Um, I, I, you know, and, and from what I'm hearing, it's not even a two point, uh, authentication issues that I, I think John, uh, Joss, sorry, Joss, Joss, uh, is, he had that install, uh, you know, had that in, engaged the, the two point authentication. Um, uh, so I, it's tough. You know, the only thing I can tell you that I do is I, I just ignore almost every company. I don't know. Isn't that sad, but it's, that's what's happening. Cause I'm, I feel like we're all getting spam emailed really hard right now with weird companies. And, uh, and then this stuff is happening simultaneously. So thank you, BB Ninja, for asking me to do the shout out. That was really cool of you. And uh, and everybody check out. If you guys know Guitar Bros Demos, you guys know Guitar Bro, Bro, Bros Demos. I've, I've done shout outs to him on the channel before. Very good player. Very good. Very good channel. Um, What else? Yeah, see, Yargnad said just enable two-factor and authentication. They're saying that that's not protecting them. I don't know if that's the case or not. I'm just saying um, I can tell you, you know, like I said, I go to great, I go to great lengths. Uh, you know, you have to. So um, how I how I do it, if it helps any YouTube channels, is I, I do three things. I have a three-prong attack, and that seems to help me. One, I do a two-factor authentication. That's one, that's one thing. Two is the computer that I use to actually do YouTube is isolated. It doesn't. I don't go. I don't use it for personal use. I don't go any websites. I don't know, and I don't answer any email, emails on it. It's actually just isolated from everything. And so, um, so I have one, and they're all. I use all Mac. They're all Macs, which is not a cheap way to do this. So I have one Mac that's just isolated. It's just my YouTube computer. I have another Macintosh or Macintosh. That's how old I am. I have another Mac um, that uh, that I use. That's what I use for the internet. But believe it or not, I do not answer emails on uh, either one of those. I only check emails uh, from on the companies coming in and you guys coming in on my phone. So uh, I pull it up on my phone. And, uh, um, <clears throat> I find that it's a little harder to hack the phone than it is to get other sources. And again, I'm not saying that will work. I'm just saying those are the things I go, I do. And that's, uh, and who's to say it could still get, you know, hacked or all kinds of stuff could happen for sure. Of course. So, um, let's see what else. Um, oh, Vish says octave doctor site does not work. Well, let's take a look. Hold on a second. I hope he's okay. He might. Okay, hold on a second. I'm just double checking it as we speak. And 
it's thinking and you're right it might not be working i'm finding it's not working for me as well well on that note we'll have to do some investigation on that and figure out what's going on with that um on that note you know what's funny is uh this brings up another subject it was my, me and my site the new year gear uh website will probably be down in the next few days um I have decided not to continue the Know Your Gear website, which is really a strange thing. It's a really strange decision. I'm just going to share with you guys, and I'm sure everyone will have different opinions about this. Now, the first thing I want to say is uh, for the PDF downloads, which is a large part of what people go to the website for is all the download stuff. That stuff will be available, uh, still continue to be available, just not on the website. It'll be available on all the videos that it's available and all that stuff. I just want to have a, a, you know, a central source. Um so that all that stuff is done through drop, Dropbox or whatever, you know, right? You can just download those. Um, but the reason is, and it's really strange, um, really strange about the uh, the uh, um, website is that the website actually has quite a few views. It gets quite a few clicks. People still go to it. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't looked in a while, but it was the numbers still were really strong for the amount of you guys that go to the website. The issue became uh, the cost of the website. The website has a higher amount of cost. When I say high amount of cost, I mean time and money. So it's not just the money factor. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it, but it's, I just don't have the time to, to do that. I have to decide like everything, uh, just have, you know, I keep saying this on the channel, there's everything I have to decide what gets my attention. And I feel like just, you know, working on that and then trying to handle, you know, uh, trying to remember to post something on Instagram and then trying to remember everybody's on the Facebook page and then, you know, making sure the patrons get, you know, the stuff that they get and then making sure I upload videos and then make sure I get my customers repairs done. And then make, you know what I mean? It's just, and then make sure my kids know what I look like still. Um, so what I decided was I'm just not going to continue the website. So that will go down at some point. Uh, it, it'll say it's, you know, or it's offline or whatever. Um, so I'm just letting you know. Um, I thought about, I did try because I could get sponsorship for it. I, I, I just didn't have the time. That's how sad this is. I didn't have the time. And looking at the numbers on the website and looking what sponsorships go for, they, I think a lot of companies would be upset with me because I think they would love to pay to be sponsors on that. Because you guys are definitely hitting that. And you are guitar players, so it would be good for them. But uh, and then, but it, if I got the sponsorship dollars, it would help me hire somebody to run it. But again, you know, I mean, it just became too much. So I'm just going to let let it go. Uh, so there you go. Um, so I just let you know if you guys see that happen. Yeah, you know why. Yeah, it's because I let that kind of just pass. Uh, I still own the domain. I just won't be letting the site be active. So. Uh, okay, so uh, what else? Hold on. Oh, yeah. Thunder says, Phil, keep the domain. I live near you and I do internet programming. Maybe I can help. Yeah, if any of you guys are interested, uh, you know, I've done the reach out before. If anyone's interested in running it, again, it, obviously you guys hit it. And keep in mind, the, the main reason the website got a lot of traffic is because it has a lot of PDFs. And if you look at a video, I have videos that have, so you don't understand, those PDFs that I put out there, um, they're in the thousands and if not tens of thousands downloaded. Actually, they're in the tens of thousands downloaded. So, uh, I'll, you know, I mean, you can imagine, you know, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of people visiting the website. So it's just, uh, I don't know. And we weren't really running it. 
So think about that. We were getting all these hits, but I mean, it really wasn't updating anything. And that's really what I was, I, I was, I don't want to do. I don't want to frustrate anybody. And I feel like a lot of people are just going to the website and seeing that I'm not updating anything. And then, you know, it just, it's just a, becomes a graveyard of your website. All right. Um, okay. Uh, oh, uh, TY says, what specific model of Princeton amp do I have? I have the 1968 reissue. It's stock. I don't have anything modified on it. Um, I have been telling myself for five years that I'm going to change the speaker out and I just haven't. And only because I was like, Oh, if it's gear math, Hey, if it's this good stock, it's got to be better with a better speaker. I don't know. I just like it. Um, you know what it is? That amp does everything I want an amp to do at low volumes. It does the snap. The, I feel like there's a little percussive, a little compression. The cleanness of the amp sounds nice. It takes pedals really well. A lot of people are like, I don't like the 10-inch speaker. I'm like, you know what? Here's what I've learned about speakers for me. The lower the volume, the smaller speakers tend to even do better. A 10 sounds better than a 12 at lower volumes because you got to get a speaker moving no matter what. You know what I mean? No matter what. Um, so, uh, uh, so hold on. So, uh, so I, I like the 10, although, you know, like I said, you could get a 112 version as well, but I like 10 in, in what I'm using it for. It's really good. Um, I do find it's a little problematic when I'm miking it and using it in videos. Cause you know, you got to find the sweet spot on that speaker. Otherwise guess it'll get a little on the fizzy side because of the 10. So sometimes I'll speaker out into a cabinet and one 12 cabinet just for recording of videos. And I, I have good experience with that. Um, Keith Bates says PDFs available through YouTube question mark. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, what happens is the right now the PDFs are links on YouTube through the videos. So the PDFs are to certain videos, like I, my inspection videos or like the, how to pick your teacher or like the uh, sweet, uh, sweet water. You know, when, when I did the video that ha inspired them to release their 55 point inspection to the public, um, the, uh, uh, the PDFs are downloadable, but what I was doing was I was housing them on the website and then you clicked and you downloaded them from there. What's going to happen now is that they'll be downloaded from Dropbox through just a different link to you. It's just a link on my YouTube videos. You click the link and then you download it. It just used to take you to the website for the downloadable link. Now it'd just be downloaded off Dropbox or whatever. So it's just a downloadable PDF. Um, and I'll still continue to do PDFs and stuff. I actually want to do more of them because I think it's nice to have an accompaniment form to some of the videos. Uh, I always like it. So, uh, Neil a says, Hey, Phil, I have a couple of Ormsby multi-scale guitars. Have you ever done a video on a multi-scale guitars? If not, it's something that you may do in the future. Would you be interested in your opinions regards? Um, yes and no, I've never done a multi-scale video. However, I worked out to do a really good one with the guys at Kiesel and, um, I gave him an idea. I said, Hey, I have an idea for a multi-scale, a multi-scale video, uh, in the idea of, you know, uh, like an instructional slash cool, fun video to talk about them. And they were gung ho. Of course, you know, the world changed in two weeks. Uh, I think everything is still a go. It just might be pushed out back a little bit. Um, but yes, yeah, so I plan to have a multi-scale video, uh, this year sometime to talk about multi-scale guitars and why they're effective and what their purposes is. And more importantly, not to, you know, just to, you'll see, I, I think I have a different take on it, but love the Ormsby stuff. I wish, I wish I could work out something Ormsby, but just never works out that way to get the guitar out, you know, lent to me. Cause I, I like to help promote them too, but the Kiesel guys, I like them. So if they get the promotion, they get the promotion. I just want to make the content for you guys. And if companies get the promotion out of it, that seems like a win-win. So uh, you know what I mean? It seems like a, a, like I said, it seems like a perfect thing. You guys get a video. I get to make the content and they get their products mentioned in videos and get shown. So again, they get, you know, maybe you guys will get inspired to buy one. 
Um, hey, sometimes I get inspired to buy them so the guitars don't go back. I'm like, hey, what's the price for me now that I have it at my house? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> all right. Justin Mabe did a uh, super chat for no reason. Thank you, Justin, as always. Justin, again, like I said, loving your memes. Uh, the, the essential versus non-essential memes are cracking me up. I'm what's considered non-essential. It is kind of funny when you think about it that way. I'm a non-essential. He was, and uh, you know, people are essentials. So I do find it funny. Uh, e D Eddie, <laughs> E slash Eddie. Eddie says, "Just some funds, just some beer funds. Don't use it all on drugs." Yeah, I'll say no to drugs if that makes you feel better, Eddie. Uh, thank you for uh, the beer fund. It's DKK one hundred. So I don't know what that is. Is that a it might so dumb. Is that I'm gonna say drachma because that's the only thing I know that starts with a D. So what I what uh what does anyone know what kind of currency that is? It is interesting sometimes when I get the super chats and they're in these different currencies. I once got a do you guys remember the one when I got a thousand? I got a thousand of a currency and I think it ended up being like four dollars US. Uh, if I recall. So that will show you like it's so different to see the currencies in real, in real, you know, real, you know, real life to see how it exchanges. So um, so let's see. So what, anyone know what a DKK currency is? Uh, I'll Google it later. So, uh, SD design wants to know if Arizona got any rain this month. That's the most weird question, but I'll do it. Uh, yeah, we did. We've been getting a lot of rain. It's like, we're all stuck at home and it got rainy all of a sudden. So I think this is the most rain I've seen in years here in the last year, but who knows? Uh, oh, BB Ninja said he just talked to Joss and Joss at Guitar Bros Demos. He said he'd like to thank everybody and everyone in the chat that has subscribed. Uh, yep, think, uh, tell him thank you, BB Ninja. Obviously, Joss is great. I enjoy his company. Oh, he did the yo-yo video too. I forgot. He's, I know he's in like a couple of my videos. Ah, DKK is a Danish crone. Huh, check that out. Jordan says Paoletti versus Fender in the same price range. What do you think? Jordan, Jordan equals Jordan. Ah, in Bulgarian, Bulgarian. Oh, Bulgarian. I don't know what is wrong with me. Bulgarian. Uh, so Jordan, 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 right. Oh, so I assume, yeah, then the J is the uh, Y sound. That makes sense. Um, um, all right. Paoletti versus Fender in the same price. Since I have a Paoletti right there. Uh, because they are expensive, the Paolettis. If you guys don't know what the Paolettis, I did a video It's uh, of this guitar. This guitar, it starts with this like 200-year-old wine barrel wood, and then they wrap it in leather, and then they add these uh, um, uh, studs to it, and it's got like, it's got gun shell, uh, gun, uh, shotgun shells for knobs. It's crazy. It's a crazy guitar. Um, same price. I would say for the same price, I would definitely get the Paoletti. Here's why. I know what you guys are thinking. You're like, no, no, the Fender. You know why? Because the Paoletti is a very unique instrument. It's one of these things I have to say, um, and I've said this for years about Gretsch guitars, when you own a Gretsch. It doesn't matter what price range, too, about Gretsch, which is fun about Gretsch. Whether you buy an uh, inexpensive $500 main China Gretsch, or if you buy the crazy you know, $3,000 main Japan Gretsch, or the I think it's like $8,000 made in USA uh, white Falcon that they could still make. I think it's 7,000 bucks. What I've learned about Gretsch is that no matter, no matter how many guitars you have, no matter what guitars you have in your collection, when somebody who doesn't play guitar sees your Gretsch, they always have a very 
a very extreme reaction to liking it. And I think it's because it's why when people who don't know anything about cars like me go to a car show and you see 50s cars, you go, oh, that's cool. And you always like, anytime you see these old cars, you go, those are cool because you don't know crap about anything, but you know it's old and you know it's from a different era. I think Gretsch has that very primal like, whoa, that's different. You know, Gretsch has this like 57 Chevy kind of vibe. Like, I don't know what it is, but I know it's cool or it was cool or it's old and now therefore it's cool. It's rare. So the reason I tell you that story is because that's what I noticed the pale Eddie at my house. When people come over, they look at that guitar and no matter how many guitars I have, you know, out displayed in the house or what I have, the pale Eddie always draws in the, especially the non-guitar players with the, wow, that's weird. What is it? And as soon as you tell people, it's one of those things when I say it out loud, you think somebody's going to say it's silly. Like, oh, it's got three, 200 year old wine barrel wood and it's got shotgun shells for knobs and it's got leather that's stamped like an alligator into it. <laughs> right. Uh, and, uh, it just, uh, you know, roasted maple neck, you know what I mean? And brass, it's got brass, uh, 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 pick guards and stuff. And it's just different. And it really, really is like a, a piece of art. It's different. So there you go. Uh, so there you go. Uh, what else do we got? Um, hold on a second. Cause we're running out of time and I still have some super chats, uh, to hit. So uh, let me do Chuck M music says, Hey, Phil, I installed a hip shot staggered uh, grip grip lock tuners on my Telecaster. Is it okay for me to leave the string tree off? Uh, yeah, you don't need, you don't have to, I don't want to say need, you don't have to have the string tray. Uh, you have staggered keys. Now you just want the downward pressure. As long as the strings are being seated into the nut and not popping out, then you can go ahead and forego the string tree. I don't, I like the string trees. Uh, a lot of players don't like them because it, you know, they, they say string trees causes the guitar to not stay in tune, uh, especially, you know, if it has a tremolo, which the telly doesn't. Me, I don't care. I, I find as long as everything's set up correctly, everything does what it's supposed to do for the most part. Um, but no, you don't have to put the string tree back on as long as the downward pressure is there and stagger keys will do that, especially on a telly, probably more so on a telly than a strat, but, you know, there you go. Uh, Skarma Guitar did a super chat for no reason. Thank you, Skarma Guitar. Uh, Gunky Zip says, here's this question. It says, from Dead Shred 999, why are refret jobs so expensive? Oh, okay. It is cheaper to buy a replacement neck that has frets you want. Yes. Uh, and I've said that for many years. Uh, you know, customers will want to refret. And same thing. I, I will say it's like $200 to $300 for a refret. And you can buy a neck for that. Um, now, the reality is everybody's going to have a different price for refretting. I have a friend who refrets guitars and he'll do it for 100, 150 bucks for a refret job. And he does good work. I mean, it was really good work. Um, it's, it's, it's a time game. The problem with all of this stuff is the time game. Factoring in fret material, um, I just had to buy some stainless steel fret wire. So what did I just pay for it? I think I paid... $30. I want to say $30. I'm trying to do it in my head. I think I try to remember what I just paid because I had to buy a bunch of stuff, you know, right? Because I've been, uh, you know, when I need stuff. Um, so I'm doing a stainless steel refret right now. And I want to say the fret wire I needed, they come in two, I buy them in two foot strips. So I want to say two foot strip of stainless steel fret wire was, I think it was $9. So I think it was less than $30, 20 something dollars for all the stainless steel fret wire I needed. That sounds about right. So again, I wasn't really paying attention because it's one of those things I got to buy it no matter what. So I didn't really like 
you know, like worry about the price. I have to click it. So I clicked and ordered it. So I have it. Um, so you figure, okay, there's your fret wire for stainless steel, right? So everything after that's your time. So it depends on how long it takes. So my guess, I'm trying to think the last one I did was about two weeks ago was a refret and the refret took me about three hours. I want to say all in three hours, right? Because here's the problem with a refret. You can't do a refret if you don't do a full setup when you're done. And uh, so if, you know, I'm going to say in my area, $75 is like a set setup charge. That's a, that's what I charge. So that's what I charge. Um, I, like I said, I know it. I saw a guy uh, charge $30 for a setup. Everybody's going to be different. But so 75 bucks. So of course, we got to start with a $75 setup charge. That's in the price. Then you got, let's say the fret wire. If we're doing stainless steel, you got fret wire. We'll say that's, I'll, I'll keep it easy. We'll say 25 bucks, but it really like 30, right? And uh, so then there's $100 right there. And then now I got to get to pay the time to do that. And if I was paying myself, you know, uh, three, three hours worth of work, it's going to be hard pressed to find somebody that doesn't want to charge, you know, 50 bucks an hour to, to do the work on a guitar. That's 150 bucks. There's 250 bucks right, right there. Now I should actually take that back because what happens is the setup is about an hour's worth of work. So take 50 bucks off there. So you get the idea. That's the price. Um, and that's stainless steel. So again, it's just a it's just a process of time. You're absolutely right. You can get a neck. In fact, I, I recommend all the time when people are going to refender necks, you can buy serial numbered licensed fender necks from Fender with Fender logos and everything. Just get a new neck and take the old neck off. And uh, what's great is you can buy the neck, put the new Fender neck on your guitar, American or made in Mexico, and uh, and then literally play that neck for years. And then if you ever sell the guitar, put the worn out ne neck back on it and sell that off. I mean, there's all kinds of variables on that, but it is a time factor. And again, those numbers are gonna be much different. Like Shred, Dead Shred 99 said, Guitar Center is $50 for a setup. Uh, I learned my, my, how to do my own is not hard. I agree. That's why I do videos on how showing how to do setups. Keep in mind, I always remind everybody just two things. It's very important. One, a setup, doing a setup is very easy until it's not. And then when it's not, it's extremely impossible. And what I mean by that is, um, here's a good example. If everything goes right, you can do a setup very easily, very inexpensively and to charge anything, you know I mean? It's not, it's, it doesn't need to be done, but keep in mind, um, it's when something doesn't want to play nice. For instance, uh, a lot of things that I end up doing week to week that's tough is chasing problems, chasing a, an issue with the customer. They hear a buzz or they hear a, a sound or there's a, a feeling or something doesn't feel right. And so you're chasing this problem because it's not so easy to find. So it gets a really troublesome. You can really spend, um, I've spent an entire workday, an eight hour workday on one guitar chasing a problem for a customer. There's no math that will make that financially make sense for me because then i charge them 75 dollars for a full day's worth of work sometimes it happens and sometimes i get a guitar and i can set up in 15 minutes and that just happens that work too but what i will tell you about um what i will tell you about setups that are the thing to remind people is a car wash is also very easy too but <laughs> but sometimes you don't want to do it so because i always ask I, my, I had a friend go why do people pay anybody to do a setup why don't they do it themselves and i go i don't know why don't people wash their own cars <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you pay somebody to do something you don't want to do. So that's part of it too. That's a tough part. But refrets, I can tell you right now, usually everybody's really good on stuff until they get frets. I find most people have fret fear. They're afraid to, to work on frets, mark frets, uh, file frets, you know, refrets. That's usually the thing. And to be honest with you, you, you got to do a 
a, a few of them to even get a sense of it. So you just start. That's why I said these cheap junky guitars that are out there, like these uh 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 what's it the glary guitars. That's what they're great for. Rip out the frets, redo that stuff, learn how to do that stuff on those guitars. Ah, E.R. E Webster says some guitars just don't want to be set up. Absolutely. I have found that for some reason, you, you know, just it's weird to me how effortless some guitars can be adjusted. And some guitars just for some reason uh, just are a mess, just a mess. <laughs> so luckily, they're few and far between. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh uh, Mika, uh, Mika says, do, uh, sorry, I think it's Micah. Micah anyways, uh, says, do you use the HX stomp? Is there any issues with the product and fire? As far as I know, the only issues that have product uh, issues is the G10 wireless unit and, uh, line six, you know, did, you know, did post and they just sent mass emails out to customers saying, Hey, there's an issue with it. That's the only line six issue I know of. Um, I don't have the HX stomp. Uh, I have the HXLT, no issues with that at all. Uh, the stomp is what I'm getting next. So I want the stomp. Um, I'm so, uh, but as far as I know, I'm not holding back because there's any concerns with safety with the product. I just, it's actually been the fact that I, we're trapped in the house. Can't deal with it. Can't do it. Get, get anything right now. Can't get anything shipped out. Um, what else? Okay. Uh, hold on a second. Let me grab some more questions. We're at the end of the show, but I want to grab some of the ones. Um, uh, D Mitchell wants us to know about tree fitty. <laughs> I hope you guys get that. I thought it was funny. Uh, Richard Franklin says, I I've always enjoyed the knowledge uh, uh, you share. Your followers are great too. Cheers. All. Thank you, man. You know, it's cool. You know, you try to, you try to bring in a cool vibe. So we can all enjoy this again. I've said this a thousand times. I will say it a thousand times more. It's because this doesn't matter. <laughs> Guitars, guitar gear, pedals, pickups, cables. It doesn't matter. It's here for us to enjoy life. We're here to enjoy these things so we can go and do the things that we don't enjoy to to enjoy the things we do enjoy. So what I'm saying is, is this is a source of contention for you. If you are one of those that are so angry because somebody's saying the wrong thing about pickups or the wrong thing about guitars, I'm, I tell you, I, am, I implore you, please find something else to find joy in. This is the time where you're supposed to be recharging the good, the good juice. Put this in your body so that you can go out to whatever it is that you have to do that you probably don't enjoy as much. And literally, when you get through those moments, like I do, that's how I get through that. That's how come you stay in a good mood. Mood when crappy crap's happening, I react to crap and I'm not happy and I do get upset and I curse a lot. I'm notoriously I curse probably more than anyone I know. In fact, I do. I think I curse. I don't know anybody personally curses as much as me. Um, especially angry, <laughs> but. I come here because this is where I'm rejuvenating the 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 positive juice, right? I don't know why I'm using juice. This is say energy. Sounds less creepy. Um, so yeah, so let you know. Uh, so there. Uh, <laughs> toxic Avengers, can we end with a sing along? No, it's not that vibe. Not that we're not that happy around here. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Tin Man says, hey, Phil, I know you're a fan of Pearly Gates pickups, but what do you think of the whole lot of humbuckers? I really like those. I've installed a bunch of sets in uh, Les Pauls. I installed one set in a in an Ibanez with a with a Ibanez Floyd-style bridge, the Edge-style bridge, and it sounded fantastic. Great sounding pickups. Um, I, I would really love to do uh, some videos of the Seymour Duncan videos. I just, our pickups, I just, you know, they, I, I, I reached out to, I've reached out to Seymour Duncan a couple of times for content. And, um, you know, the, the last time I reached out to him, I was asking him for some $12 pickup covers and they just didn't have anything in the budget to send anything out. So, um, I got some somewhere else and I did that video. Uh, so if they, you know, if they end up working with the, the, the pickup challenge videos, that'd be great. I've been buying the Seymour Duncan's you've been seeing in the videos and the ones I have for future videos. But again, uh, based on the, COVID-19 thing, the pickup videos didn't work out the way I hoped. Uh, and and no, nothing for you guys. Everything will be the same, the amount of videos going out. But uh, I was hoping to get more participants in it, uh, and uh, which is really sad because, and this is important, I'll end on this note for you guys. You guys rock. The last couple of, the last two videos I did on the pickups videos, um, you know, you guys really, really, really enjoyed them and really shown that by not only the views, but the the, the retention time, the amount you watched and all that stuff. So it's definitely been very productive for a video series. So I'm very happy with the, with the results. So, um, Okay, Mr. I'm going to end on this one. Mr. Space Time says, hey, Phil, I accidentally put a 250K push-pull tone pot instead of a 500K with a set of Pegasus splittables uh, pickups, and it seemed to brighten the tone. Uh, thought I should have darkened it. Whoops. Uh, any explanation? Um, I don't know. It, it, the reason I say I don't know is I don't know because it, it's a perception thing, right? Um you would have to, to know if it actually brightened the tone, the tone of the sound or the sound of the pickups, you would have to actually disconnect that potentiometer and then listen to it and then reconnect it. And, and keep in mind this, the difference between the 250Ks and the 500Ks are very subtle. Um, but if you're really following it, once you hook up, so here's the thing that you have to understand. Um, I think depending on how you wire it, and I'm doing this off memory because sometimes I have charts to stuff to remember this stuff. If you wire in a 500K in the volume and a 250K in the tone pot and they're connected, I think they're not actually either. I think now you have a, a, a sum of like 300 and something K, right? There's a there's a factor to this. Some of you guys are really, really techie uh, out there, especially the pickup techies out there probably have the correct answer. So, um, but what I'm saying is, is what I'm telling you, Mr. Space Time, Mr. Space Time, is that uh, you might not actually have what you think have is going on. You might not have a 250K and go, oh, okay, 250K is darkening the 500K. You, what you have is an average of the two, and it's actually, uh, so it's not as not what you think. Um, but what I can tell you, because with the, uh, the Somnium guitar wired up the way it is, I've done so many experiments with this stuff. There's just so much of that stuff that's really not affecting anything in a way that you can really determine. So, uh, but also keep in mind, uh, the PV Wolfgang guitars are wired with 500K potentiometers in the volume and 250Ks in the tone pots. As far as I know in the new ones, they might've changed spec, but that's the spec specifications I remember on those guitars. So what I'm basically getting at is, it doesn't shock me to hear that it's not darkening the sound because it's, uh, you know, everything's relative too. Plus Pegasus are higher output pickups, it's higher output pickups. And that factors in there too. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So 
there you go. But I'll be interested. I'll, I'll take a look and see what I can figure out on my end. All right. All right. On that note, we're going to call it. Uh, let me do, let me check to make sure if you, please don't do a super chat because I won't answer it <laughs> unless, oh, of course, uh, unless it's here right now. So I don't miss you guys miss one. And I didn't. So if you do a super chat, I will miss it. So don't do it. Uh, on that note, I'm gonna let you guys go and start your weekends. We went a little over today, but that's okay. It was a great episode. I had fun. I hope you guys had fun. Uh, I will have a video out uh, this uh, Sunday. You'll have the Lizzie Hale video out. And then next week will be the pickup videos that didn't come out this week because they're done and uh, they're all edited and ready to go. So uh, look for those. Uh, like I said, uh, I think you'll enjoy them. A uh, little bit different angle on them this uh, this time, uh, more educational angle. So hopefully that's it. Uh, D Mitchell says thumbs up, people. I appreciate that. Any of you guys will give a thumbs up. Uh, it uh, definitely, definitely. I think it helps. I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> YouTube says it helps, and who? Why not trust them? So on that note, um, the. Um, uh, oh, and last, uh, just because I saw EC says, hey, Phil, is PV okay? Question mark. I want to order stuff from here in Europe, but waiting uh, waiting lists are long. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd tell you because uh, this is what I was going to say. Right now, it gets a little tricky. I can only tell you like companies like All Parts aren't shipping. I heard that. Uh, a lot of companies are offline and not shipping stuff right now um, because of the COVID-19. Um, I know that Sweetwater has a, uh, a, a reduced size crew and they are shipping stuff, but there is delays uh, because of the fact that they don't have full crew there. Uh, American Musical Supply told me as of su- uh, Wednesday, when I talked to them on Wednesday, uh, they sent me an email when they sent the winner of the giveaway for Music Demand. They said that they are currently shipping stuff and uh, it seems to be on schedule for that stuff. So one thing I would suggest right now, if you guys are stuck at home and you're ordering something and you want to get it, I would definitely call. I would reach out to these companies before you order on this stuff. I've been ordering parts from a different source than I normally order from because they are local and I can get them faster. And I've been paying about 10 to about 15% more than I normally do, but I'm, but at least I've been getting them. Um, and, uh, so like I said, make those decisions right now. I know it's not the, the big, in the world of the big problems right now, that's not a big problem, but I know it's not, you know, it's not fun to be sitting at home and waiting for something so you can do a project or do something right now and not get it. Um, uh, tone vice. Hey, tone vice, tone vice says he's shipping parts. Tone vice is a great product. It's right here. It's awesome. I did the videos and, uh, and uh, Tone Vice, since you said you're shipping, that was one I was going to say. I was going to reach out to you. I didn't want to release the video if you weren't shipping. This is a very cool product, and I think you'll enjoy the video. So I'll make sure I release that next week as well. Uh, and you heard it from straight from the mouth. He's shipping stuff. So hopefully you enjoy that video. I think you will because it's a really cool product. Uh, and then Matthew also said, Musician's Friend is also shipping. As, like I said, I... and. Uh, and, uh, so on that note, like I said, check with those companies before you, before you make any purchases, that would be my best recommendation. Please stay safe. Please guys, make sure your families are safe. Uh, and again, cause then in the end, in, in, in the end of all this, that's what matters the most is, uh, is everybody's personal safety and their families. So make sure you do that. And on that note, I'm gonna let you go. You guys have a great weekend as always. I want to thank you for your time and, uh, good year. <laughs>